Welcome to Yoga Unearth Me. Aiding Yoga as your remedy with Felicia Kears. And if you look at your life really deeply, no matter how bad things are, what is the grace? What is the one thing that you can be grateful for and start from there? Warm welcomings and thank you for being here. This is a new segment upon the Yoga Unearth Me podcast called Joining Conversations, where I'll be having conversations with fellow yoga teachers, practitioners, light workers, and healers, and having a really wholesome conversation, something of grand wisdom that you can take on through your days. Joined with me as my first guest upon this segment is my close friend and also longtime mentor, Paris Moktader. She is a Ayurvedic practitioner, an intuitive coach, a yoga teacher, and the owner of Moto Yoga Studio Brampton. Today is special as it is Valentine's Day, and so we thought to dedicate this episode by the means of self-love and that quality that we can have within each and every one of us. Valentine's Day isn't just about a romanticized aspect of love. This is about love in general, the wholesomeness of love, and especially so within ourselves. Here, Paris shares some really beautiful wisdoms based on the practice of Ayurveda that you can take into your practice to hone in those skills, those abilities, and those experiences to really increase the strength of your self-love. Prepare a pen and pencil, maybe with paper. Maybe get your notes out on your phone or on your computer. Whatever seems most suitable for you. And jot down these beautiful wisdoms that you can carry on through your practice. And may you enjoy this conversation. Thank you for joining in, actually. I'm so happy you're one of the main people I want to have as a guest on my podcast. So thank you so much for joining, parents. Oh, it's my pleasure. Oh, it means a lot because... You know, at one point, I looked at you very highly as a mentor for me. Um, We met at the cafe shop when I was a barista, and I was going into the process of doing my teacher training, and we met. I remember you're holding baby Sufi in a carrier around you, and um, from there, kind of just lining up our relationship, and then you gave me the opportunity to guide meditations at your studio so it's it's definitely an honor to have you here so thank you so much thank you it's my honor to be here um and likewise you've always been such a great influence in my life so i'm looking forward to this good all that makes my heart just expand um and speaking of heart expanding this conversation is the theme of self-love, is it not? 
I think it's the right time to speak about self-love. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Um, but also I think that this year, if um, or 2020, since 2020 and the pandemic has started, I think for me personally, what it has taught me is that I need to have some self-love for myself. I need to use all of the tools that I've learned over the years now for myself really strongly to be able to hold for everyone else around me, my family, and even in my clients. So mm -hmm. um, I think uh, this Valentine's, we should focus on ourselves first. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that for you to have come up with this theme resonates a lot to everyone right now, given COVID, um, especially mothers like yourself. There's homeschooling now that mothers, that parents in itself have to do. And, you know, which takes them wholly away from their own self-practice of any kind, whether that's going, working out, doing their meditations and such, you know, uh, homeschooling takes up a good portion of your day. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's necessary to make this Valentine's this year about strictly about your own self and self-compassion, really building that up. Because as you said, it gives you the capacity of energy to continue serving those around you, um, especially because you're not only a mother of two, you're also a Ayurvedic practitioner, you own a studio, a yoga studio, and you have to be there for your partner, your family members. Um, so I think it's perfect that you're the one that's going to be talking about this. Thank you. Yes, um, to say that it has been a very big challenge this year is an understatement. So, <laughs> um, and you're right. I think that the pandemic has uh, really made us realize uh, why we do the things we do. Wh where are we all running to? Mm -hmm. and, um, what happens when we are forced to stop? It's like, for me, it has been a lesson of the universe going, okay, everybody, this is enough. Stop everyone. Um, whether it's Mother Earth, you know, teaching us that we're destroying it or, um, or us just destroying ourselves by just running around from one task to another with sometimes I feel like without any purpose. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty of this as well, because it's just how our world is, is right now. Um, and so it's like, breaks and stop everyone and let's figure this out and from an ayurvedic perspective um ayurveda is the science of life so it really covers everything it covers and uh, you know our mind health our emotional health and our physiological health and the very description of health in ayurveda or swaha, as we say it in Sanskrit, is, um, is that we're only healthy and whole when we have mental bliss and when our physical functions of our physical body, like the, the doshas and the datus and the agni, the fire of digestion and the fire of um, transformation is working properly inside of us. And when our emotional body feels at peace, that is when we're whole. That is when we're complete. So if one of those are missing, there's no way of having wholeness. And so um, 
you know, um, Ayurveda also looks at astrology and even astrologically right now, you know, we saw that, you know, Jupiter and Saturn came together and they were in the same, they were in conjunction. So this is huge changes are coming our way, but in particular, Saturn is the planet of looking down on you like Saturn is the grumpy planet so here we are starting 2021 with Saturn looking down on us and going what are you gonna do to stand up for your truth and this is the time to pay back our karmic you know um whatever whether it's our karma or whether it's our ancestors karma everything's coming for people into uh, kind of reality right in front of our face so how do we deal with all of that it really is for everyone and I see it everywhere around me right now so yeah I've actually gathered the same of this being an opportunity to evaluate our personal lives um, you know this whole COVID situation took away everyone off of their regular routines which at first that essence of change really affected people in a very dark manner but it's because they were so used to their routines that they didn't know who they are in the complete stillness of what life is and not knowing the future because we don't necessarily need to know the future um, and so being in a state where life is uncertain ahead is exactly where we need to be that state of consciousness um, and evaluation of which as you know, the process of evaluation, um, it's not always easy, right? We're gonna meet our shadows, we're gonna meet the darkness, but it's only, that can only be recovered if we start to face them. And, you know, I've seen this as a great opportunity. I know that for a lot of people, this whole COVID situation affected them in a way that wasn't pleasant. And so for, I can't speak for their personal experience, but for mine, it gave me the opportunity to grow and to really endure, or not endure, but really uh, propose the idea of fully uh, putting a lot of work to myself and how I wanna grow as a person in the now, in the current situation, what can I do right now for myself that will help bring me to that state, as you say, of wholeness. Um, so I can very well resonate with what you're saying. And I think, as you said, too, it resonates to everyone, no matter what your physiology is, what's happening in your life, who you are, this, this is affecting all of us in a collective matter. Yes. And change is inevitable. So it could be that your life hasn't been affected as much. There are people whose lives haven't been as affected as much, but even them, this is the era of growth and change and what is looking at your life what is it that you can let go of and what is it that you can you can see you've gained from this situation so it's it's really tough but you know it's time <laughs> and as we all know this is again resonating to the whole aspect of self-love these things can only occur by our own will, our will to do so, our will to commit, our will to devote into this process, which, you know, these practices are achieved by self-love. Um, 
So what would be the details of what, how to achieve self-love practices and what do you want to share to my listeners and to your listeners uh, about that? So I think I would say that um, definitely um, everyone has their own self-care practices that they do. Um, going back to the basics of probably your listeners do yoga and they, they know of meditation or they maybe at some point of their life they've done it. But just going simply back to the first steps that they know brings them wholeness, brings them some kind of grounded, grounding and uh, putting the roots down into the earth. So from the Ayurvedic perspective, I would say the most important and simplest things to do is to pay attention to your morning routine and to your bedtime routine. Those are the two times when we, where we, if we make changes and if we are aware of our routine and if we kind of act as if this is our sacred time of the day, I see huge changes in my clients when they pay attention to the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night that they're doing. And it can be so simple. You wake up and you say, you know, you, when we wake up now, science knows that our, we're really connected to the heavens because it's the theta waves of the brain. So we're in a different um, vibration. Our brain is vibrating on a different light level where we are completely connected and relaxed. And so therefore, whatever we want to bring to fruitation or we want to ask or we want to um, we are connected. So it's the greatest time to do that. And that's if we're waking up with the sun, by the way, if we're like sleeping in, you know, sometimes, sometimes you sleep in and you wake up at 10 and you're even tired, more tired than when you went to bed. It's because we have overslept and we're now in kapha time of the day, which is earth and water element and the heaviness of water and earth settle in. So we want to wake up with the sun. We are creatures of nature. So if you look back, our ancestors weren't, you know, staying up by their computer until 2 a.m. with some artificial light that they created to answer emails or watch TV. They were going to bed when the sun went down and they were waking up when the sun came up. And so in the winter, it's a little more difficult to do that in a sense that it gets dark so fast, but just sometime around that, the time where the sun's going down, noticing the sensations in the body and seeing that things are calming down and going with it, instead of thinking, I'm a machine, I should be going, why, why don't I have energy? A lot of my clients are like, oh, at 2 p.m. or 4 p.m., I lose energy. Well, yes, because we are nature and that's the vata time of the day and we're supposed to chill out but we, we never are taught to chill out. So going back to the routine in the morning, just waking up with the sun, even um, just sitting in your bed and closing the eyes and maybe placing the hands on the heart or like tapping, tapping the K27 points where it's like, you know, our nervous system just connecting to the inner self, whatever way you can close the eyes and talk to whomever you believe in, talk to the universe, talk to God, talk to your, your higher self. And 
kind of like just from a place of gratitude and just saying, may this day start in my, um, you know, favor. It's like whatever rhythm we set during the morning, that's the rhythm that the whole day goes with. So that's why the morning is so important. So saying a prayer or meditating or just a simple sentence of connecting. And once you do that, really feel that in your body and your heart, then maybe getting up and doing a few, you know, postures, a few yoga postures. It can just be breathing, simple breathing. It could be avalum volum. So just blocking one nostril, inhaling through one, blocking both, exhaling through the other one, inhaling, block, exhaling, and just taking your time to do about like 20 of those. And what that does is it really balances the yang and the yin energies of our body and the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain. So you're starting the day with clarity and then getting up and maybe having, you know, so many traditions talk about um, the hot water with lemon or lime in the morning. And the reason for that is because um, during the nighttime, when we get a good night's sleep, all the toxins, our body is clearing the toxins or what we call an Ayurveda ama. So they come out, they want to come out because that's the function of the body. So we go to the bathroom, eliminate, and then on our tongue, these toxins start coming out. So scraping the tongue so that the ama comes out and we get rid of it completely. Um, and even taking a shower is so recommended in the morning because even through your skin, the alma comes out. So you want to wash all of that, get rid of it. And then having your hot water with lemon or lime. The reason for that is because it's detoxifying. So in the same way as you're getting rid of these toxins through your organs or um, your mouth and your skin and all of that, um, you also want to get rid of the residual that might be in your colon, right? In your stomach. So you're flushing everything out first thing in the morning. If I would say if someone really resonates with pitta, the fire element and their constitution is very acidic, then they can use lime because it's not as acidic. Um, but something like that, you can even drop um, a piece of fresh ginger in there and just drink it, let things flush out and then start your day, you know? Um, and then in the same way at nighttime, just questioning yourself, what is my ritual at nighttime? Am I going on my phone and in, in the bedroom, um, watching TV? Um, it's, I would say if you can not go on any kind of screen an hour before your bedtime, then you are really allowing for the melatonin levels to rise up because every time we look at the screen and every time our mind is working why would our body release the hormone of sleep or calming down because we're busy so we're artificially not allowing our body to do that and if you're you think you're a night owl and you're really used to that it's probably because your body it has just given in and you just have to slowly bring yourself back to these um, routines and then going to bed sometime before 10 p.m. because 10 p.m. is um, the time of pitta. So you don't wanna go into the fire element again because you get that second fire if you stay up. 
we, we got tired around eight, nine, even earlier. Take that tiredness, go to bed. That's your body telling you, go to bed. Read a, maybe a very sweet little story or, or um, listen to a meditation or something that will calm you down, not something that will hype you up. And then just go to sleep before it's pizza time. Because that pizza, that fire is not there to give you a second fire to go check your emails. It's giving you a second fire for your internal cleansing because fire element also cleanses our tissues. So that's your liver. That's your pancreas. It's time for them to start cleaning um, the body. So if you're not fully asleep by midnight, you know, I would say the janitor comes in and knocks on the door and says, hey, liver, I'm here to clean things up. And the liver goes, sorry, we're up having ice cream tonight. Go come back tomorrow night. And then it comes back tomorrow night. And so many people are, you know, this is their routine. They are up at nighttime. So the toxins never get cleared up. And what the liver does, it just starts packing them. It's like, okay, what am I going to do with all these toxins? Because no matter how good you eat, no matter how stressless your life is, it's just our, it's our world is full of toxins. So it will be absorbed. And so the liver starts pushing them into the closet and hoping nobody will find out. And one day, <laughs> this is my teacher, Dr. Svoboda always says, if you don't live with reality, reality will come to live with you. And in a time that is the most inconvenient for you. So one day that closet's gonna open and all of toxins are gonna pour into your bloodstream, into your lymphatic system. And then you wake up and go, what happened? Why do I have cancer? Or why am I so sick? I don't understand. It's those years of, unfortunately, not listening to our body. So that's a long answer to your. <laughs> oh, it was it was exactly what I was looking for as an answer. So that's perfect. So to to concise it to the listeners is that you have to rearrange your routines and accommodate to you for your health and how that would be reflected into your physiology. So whatever routine you have right now, know that's a reflection of how you view yourself and the care to yourself. So take the time to rearrange that routine accommodated and devoted to your health. The second is purification, because when we don't eliminate these toxins, they're just gonna accumulate over time and be dormanted through the body where we're not gonna visibly know about it. And then it will soon in time come into the manifestation of something grander of an illness. Uh, so you want to eliminate that on an everyday means. And the process of detoxifying yourself is literally knowing that you're, you're worthy enough to let go of those toxins mm. on an everyday means. Yes, absolutely. You're worthy enough. And also it's time to let them go. And so an analogy that we have in Ayurveda, we say that you cannot flush the toxins out of your body or out of your mind unless you digest them. So digestion is such an important concept, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. So if you've been affected by COVID, um, think about it this way. 
if there is a fire, fire is very holy in Ayurveda, but fire is, you know, when we look at first people, um, they, they, you know, when they discovered fire, humanity changed, our digestion changed, our bodies changed, the way we look at food changed. Um, and so it's a very, very important and holy thing. So if you are creating a fire, whatever you're putting into this fire is going to benefit you in the end. So um, sometimes in times like this, when it's Saturn is kind of looking down at us, as I was saying, and there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do and you will be affected by things that are going on around you. You can control it. So we make a fire and we start chanting into it or saying prayers into it. The fire turns into ashes. And those ashes are actually used in medicine. We use them in so many different um, Eastern medicinal, um, you know, sciences that we have. Um, but in the same way in your life, what fire is burning? What is burning in your life? Accepting that. So did COVID take something away from you? Um, going through the period of grief instead of trying to like push it away, but just looking at it from this way, from that way, what fire is burning for you? And as it is burning and allowing it to burn, what are the ashes that you're left with? And how can you use those ashes as medicine? So what I would say is like inquiring it within yourself. Um, what are the limitations in your life? And if you look at your life really deeply, no matter how bad things are, what is the grace? What is the one thing that you can be grateful for and start from there? Yeah, I think gratefulness is um, a way to as ignite the sacredness within ourselves, as you're speaking about with the essence of fire and digestion, because when we when we start to allow ourselves to accept and be grateful for what is or what has been, it produces this energy that then reinforces that stimulant, uh, enough stimulant to digest, digest and accept. Because I think digestion is a sense psychologically of acceptance. And so when we start to do that, we're digesting that. And, you know, yes, we need to inquire about what are we limiting ourselves from? And gratefulness, I feel, is the opening of that, of opening of limitations, opening your heart, opening your your view upon life in general. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And on more of a physiological perspective, I would just say that it's winter and wind and we're in Canada and things are very frozen. <laughs> and in the same way as the nature is frozen, we are, our, our body is frozen. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be going internal. So inquiring about yourself emotionally, physically, mentally, this is the season for it. Um, this is the season of Vata and Kapha. So Vata is the air element and Kapha, as I was saying, is the earth and water element. And so both of those um, are very cold. So also something as simple as warming yourself up, 
warming up your internal self will do a huge, huge, it will be a huge gift to your body and to your mind because um, imagine if it's cold outside, it's uh, everything is frozen and we're putting into our body cold beverages or cold foods, like smoothies are so popular and I love them too. But in the middle of the winter in Canada, when it's minus 30 and you're putting that kind of raw food into your body, it's just not going to digest, you know? So what I, I would recommend is like, I have this with me everywhere I go and I drink it just sipping on hot water or some kind of herbal tea. Um, just put cumin seeds or fennel seeds in there uh, for, and that will aid your digestion like amazingly. It's like incredible the difference or put a slice of ginger in there. Just take that with you everywhere, step on it all throughout the day so that the system gets this kind of uh, message that everything's okay, everything's common, everything's warm. Because coldness and mobility are one of the signs of vata or qualities or gunas of vata. And those are really a lot around us because we love to run around and do things and not sit down and eat our food. Um, just eat our food while we're driving, while we're having a conversation with someone. And so we are making those qualities go up instead balancing them with warmth, with love. Um, another thing that you can do is just uh, grab some organic sesame oil and massaging the body. We call this snehana. Snehana, uh, it means self-love because you're giving yourself this immense amount of self-love. It's incredible if you sit there, put a towel down, warm up your oil and start massaging your own body. And we go from, you know, up, down, and out. So we want the toxins to move out of the body. So with the legs, especially focusing on the feet, on the hands. Um, you know, I do this on my five-year-old daughter and now she knows I'm like, I do her stomach up, left, and down. And that's like the digestive track. And I'll just go, I love you. I love you, you know? And it's like, you are giving yourself this immense amount of love by, by touching yourself. Touching is, um, it's, you know, oxytocin, right? Like it's just this hormone that our body releases that just puts us in this state of immense love right away. So doing that before going to bed and allowing the oil to sit on your body for at least 20 minutes, and just making sure you wrap yourself in something warm. And then um, either if you like to take a warm shower after that and then go to bed, but don't use soap so that the oil stays on the skin and continues penetrating in. And then you can take a shower in the morning or you can just leave the oil on and, and go to bed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because with a lot of my clients, I use self-massage as well for them or let's say mirror meditation, mirror gazing. And these are things that often we don't think about that we do need. So there's a lot of anatomical benefits to these things, especially with the self-massage. But think about touch. 
when someone puts their hand their hand on your shoulder or along your back or caresses their fingers on your arm or your back what's the feeling that you get from that and know that you can achieve that same feeling with yourself where you're reflecting that love and that that sense of attention to yourself and that's something that is really hard for us to do i know that in the beginning when i did it I didn't really feel a lot during the experience. It wasn't until over time, when I started doing it more often on everyday means of the self-massage, did I start to feel that benefit of feeling as if I'm giving all attention to myself. And that feeling was immense. It was powerful. It was something that felt as if I, it was as if there was a higher being of myself giving me that love. And that was something very immense and powerful. Uh, so whoever's listening in, take that into your practice. It's so easy. Everyone has oil in their household. It just takes you putting intention of touch to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And these are lovely things that, you know, I don't think a lot of people really consider as a, a means of, of achieving practices to, um, encourage self-love, is there more of this that you would like to share of, of people, what they can do right now in their practice? Um, I would also say, you know, um, from the yoga perspective, just remembering to slow down because I, I teach on, on Zoom now and I have this one group on Tuesdays at noon that I'm trying to get into the flow of slow down. We're going to prana flow. And what prana flow means is not sun salutations really fast, up and down, warrior series, you know. Um, sometimes we can get lost in that. Just slow down and focus on the flow of your breath because that's the way you get prana. Prana is life force. It's abundant around us but we need to really pay attention to it in order to get it into our tissues. So slowing down the practice. So sometimes we do the sun salutations, but the whole class, we're just doing like 10 sun salutations because we're going in slow motion. And it's so incredible, the benefits in the end. It's like, wow, I feel really taken care of and calm and grounded. Um, and also restorative yoga. No, just getting the help from the bolsters and as much pillows as you can. You know, if you are held by stuff around you, by pillows and bolsters and the wall and whatever, depending on the posture is, what the posture is, then you're going to feel very um, held by the earth, by mother earth, your health. And just envisioning that, you are in like that cocoon-like environment and nothing can harm you. You're protected, you're held. Uh, Mother Earth, all she wants to do is to hold you. Sometimes we don't let that happen. So yes, slowing down and doing more of the restorative postures at this time of year is amazing for, and, and you know, science is catching up now. We know that it just puts us in that um, state of healing right away. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, deepest relaxation allows your self-healing properties in your body to come fully alive and and you know whatever area that was of illness or of pain it directs all that tension to that very specific area so if you're someone who's listening in right now that is encouraged to be very vigorous within their practices all the time know that you're out balancing yourself you need to balance your practice so feel free to do your vigorous yoga in the morning but then for the most part of your day do something restorative, do something hatha-based because you want to give your body time to recover. Um, and it's all about recovery. And it's funny that you say held by earth because I use that term a lot within my restorative pieces as well. And I sometimes uh, give the visionary of this as if my client is being held in the palms of mother earth and that they're feeling as if a fetus being nurtured in the womb of the, the, the palms. Um, I think that feeling as well comes back to our root chakra where we need to feel secure and safe and being held is the essence of feeling like that. With our life today, especially with COVID, we feel very stressed. We feel very much of worry, which disinterest us of feeling safe and secure if anything we feel so at a loss we feel as if we're in balance but that essence is is not there so if you do these practices as if paris is sharing to you where you're doing restorative pieces you're slowing down your practice you'll begin to reap that feeling as if you're being held which allows you to feel secure within who you are within your life and that will reflect and ripple out um, if you're doing it on an everyday means, which is very important. Absolutely. I couldn't put it any better. <laughs> and I just wanted to share one last thing. And that is, I know I mentioned the smoothies and sometimes my clients get really defensive about that. Um, but I have, uh, I just did a recipe for a date shake that could replace your smoothie and it's warm and the feedback I've had with that is that oh my god I feel like like my body's changing it's just really relaxing and it's really responding to me so um the clients that I've had that went from the cold smoothies in the middle of the winter to the warm day check that is rasayana rasayana means um it nourishes us so it's the nutritions are able to absorb into the tissues better. I haven't had anyone so far that wants to go back. So, <laughs> so I'll also share that recipe with you so that you can share with everyone. I would love that. And I think whoever's listening in would love to, to know the recipe as well. Um, Paris, how can we best reach you? What do you have as a surface that you can, that you can share to us? Um, currently, I'm finding that uh, a lot of people need one-on-one -on -one support. Um, sometimes I do workshops for support, self-support um, and Ayurvedic tips and all that kind of stuff, but it can all be found on my website and it's my first and last name. So it's Paris Moktader, M-O-G-H-T-A-D-E-R.com. And um, over there, they can just kind of surf around and see what kind of service would suit them well. But I'm finding that right now, a lot of my clients are choosing to work with me and one-on-one -on -one to, to set goals and um, 
as their lives are changing to be able to see life in a, from a different perspective and kind of be held while they walk this path. So um, I'm here if anyone needs any of those or if you want to join my yoga classes, you can find the information on that website. Beautiful. And whoever's listening in, I will give a grandest review upon Paris. She has treated me in some of her sessions and I can say for with the deepest love that my experiences were far and beyond and it's definitely worthwhile to check in with her services. Um, and so if we were to gather this all together, what would you consider to be the benefits of self-compassion and self-love and why the listeners need to delve a little bit more deeper into that? I see it as, um, you know, it's that uh, self-love and self-compassion. It's, it's literally starts from the heart and the heart chakra, the center of our heart. Um, and it's such an important part because not only does it connect us to our lower chakras, which is like our foundation, our physical, our being on earth. It also connects it to the higher chakras, which connect to the heavens. So it's the getaway between the two. And so um, it's so important to kind of tap in from this center and find your earth because I see us like a tree. So if you're a tree, if you have roots deep down into the earth, you're strong, you're solid, you're grounded. So the wind can come and go and your branches will move in the wind, but you're not, it takes a lot to take down a big tree. So any stronger you make yourself, the more you can help others. I would just say, if you're a helper, if you want to just take care of everybody else, what would happen if you're no longer there? or you deplete yourself to a point where you can't give as much as you want to. So just us, we have to make ourselves stronger, especially as mothers and as partners and as female, you know, um, healers, because women are healers, you know, they're givers. So we need to be strong to be able to do that, to take that time for yourself, to make that tree stronger. That's a great analogy to use. I think that people don't look at it as that ways. Self-compassion is an aspect of foundation for you. And if you think about the heart chakra, Anahata Center, it's literally, as you were saying, it's the center of all things. It's the center of the higher chakras and the lower chakras. It's the center of the yin and the yang. It represents as well consciousness in a lot of ways. So what, what, what is divided comes together into the center and that's where we need to be. And that's a power within itself. Um, so, you know, this Valentine's Day today, don't take it as if it's all flowers and chocolates and just love for your lover. It's more than that. I mean, I do love my raw cacao <laughs> <laughs> and I will likely have it, <laughs> but um, we need to really make this a, a pivotal moment right now to really commit to yourself of doing these practices or any other practices are much similar that really hones the skills and ability to increase your self-love practices. 
I wanted to take this Valentine's Day as that impactful step forward. Make that intention today to do these practices here on and to see where it takes you, to see where and how it guides you into your heart and to yourself. And that is where the deepest power is. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, anything you want to share last uh, before we close this conversation in Paris? Um, no, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. I am um, beyond grateful for you to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here if um, anyone wants to chat or if there are any questions as well. Yes, and we would love to to hear from you if anyone does have questions. Um, again, you can go through that with Paris's website or of my email of which both will be shared in the descriptions of this episode. And to whoever is listening, know that you are deeply worthy of self-love. You are worthy of love beyond yourself and that you can do it. It's upon your own actions to do so. Don't depend on anyone else. And with that, we'll give you a nice closing. And that is that we love you. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs>